Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. Let's go to John chapter 3. As you get to know me, you'll see that I wish I could, but I'm just not. This is going to be about the closest thing I come to Christmas to preach, okay? I'm just not that man that preaches a Christmas message on Christmas or Easter. You know, I'll tie it all in there, okay? Merry Christmas, amen. <laughs> and so, uh, hey, Lord. Uh, let's go in here and look at this. I don't want to talk about... Um, I believe that I live with this conviction um, that uh, I believe we're in debt to the people in which the communities in which we live in. I believe when Jesus left, before he left, this statement that he made, I mean, how many knows that Jesus said in uh, John uh See the 12, 14, or 14, 12, uh, 12, 14, I believe it is. He said, the works you see me do, greater shall you do, because I'm going to the Father. Now, how many knows as a church in the earth right here where we're living at down in the south, we about ain't made it to the worst that Jesus did? Huh? How many knows the bar's still up there? Come on now. The high water mark's still on the wall to get to there, but Jesus said, greater works shall you do. And so I believe he left us here, just like Pastor Keith has already said, that he left us here to represent him, to represent Jesus to this, to this community, to lost and dying people around us. You know, I made a statement the other day, and um, we were talking to somebody that... Um, well, I want to start myself out on a limb. I always start out on these limbs, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but anyhow, this is what he said. And, and, and um, but he, we were talking to somebody that was going to to Latter Day Saints Church. Okay, don't nobody throw no hymnals at me or whatever. But I got a lot of problems with that movement. Okay, and here, here's what I got with the problems I got in there because I went into a church building that the Latter-day Saints was in. Am I against anybody? No. But I'll, I'll get here in a minute. Jesus, why I got to solve this out there? <laughs> but we go into a building that we redone in Alma where we, we where we taken our church into the second building we went into. There were four storefronts together. God told me we would go to that building before we ever, well, when we went to Alma, God told me we would go to three buildings. When I left, we was in the second one. And... Um, and so I do believe that church will go into the third one. It's just going to take some time to move uh, to what the Lord was doing. But in that, when we go back there, the, the, the Mormon church was in there, and I got to be good friends with them. Uh, man, they, would, you know, they were great people. Um, but I just had a problem with the, a little bit of doctrinal issues. And, you know, when you got Joseph Smith up here at the top, and they got all the Mormon leaders, and Jesus is down on the bottom. Friend Joseph Smith didn't come out the grave for nobody. 
but Jesus did. And I got a problem with that. He belongs at the top. You understand what I'm saying? It ain't no apostle this up here at the top. It's Jesus. Come on, somebody. He's still the head of the church, and we are his body. Come on now. And so Jesus is up there at the head. And so we were talking about, and it was bothering me that, that you know, this person, but this is what I said. I said, I simply ask you give me one opportunity to preach the gospel. Give me an opportunity to preach the gospel. Because, friend, I believe, I'm not arrogant, okay, but I believe in what I told him. I said, something's going to manifest when I preach the gospel that I promise you won't manifest when you hear that man preach the gospel. Where's that group of people at that runs to the sick and say, I tell you what, if God don't hear you, then don't worry about it. Ah. I better get up here and get my notes. I'm already getting out there and it's Christmas. We got we to get it tidy back up. But listen, I want to talk about giving presents or releasing presents. It's Christmas time. How many likes to get presents? If you ain't got your hand up, come on now. You're telling a story in the house of God. How many, you like to get presents, but how many knows this? So I'm, I'm going to preach today on releasing presents, but I'm not talking about giving gifts. I'm talking about where Peter and John went to the gate, uh, went to the temple, and they had the man sit there at the gate called Beautiful. He says, silver and gold have I none, but what I have, I give unto you. How many knows he relate a deposit of the Spirit of God in this man's life and changed his whole life? That's what God is looking for you and I to do. He wants you to release presents, that which he has deposited in your life and in the community around you, on your job, in, in everyday life. You with, you with me now? How many knows that church life is a small portion of your life? Most of your life is spent in the marketplace. Oh, if you'll play the, the name of Jesus is lifted high with me right there. And that'll we'll, we'll transition into that. Now I'm fixing that. I'm fixing to change gears right here. Y'all ready to shift right here? Let's go. In John chapter 3. You there? Um... John chapter 3, verse 29. Look at this. It says this, And he, he, he who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy is mine fulfilled. Um, did I write this down wrong? I sure did. Hold on. I, I, I wrote, I can't read my own right. When I write in the Holy Ghost, it's hard to re- read it. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get it right here. Um, let's look at verse 33 he who has received his testimony has, has certified that God is true for whom, for he whom God has sent speaks his words for the word of God does not give the spirit by measure um, that is not where I wanted to read it I'm in John chapter 1 I wrote it down let's go to John chapter 1 I'll find something to preach here in a minute just stay with me I promise you it's all good but I'm trying to find something okay I let my dogs out in the wrong field. They hunting. I've got them back now. Let's go. John, John chapter 129. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, what? The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he whom I said after me comes a man who is preferred before me. For he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness saying, I saw the Spirit, look look at this, descending from heaven like a dove. And it remained, and what? No, He, look at this, and He remained upon Him. 
I did not know him, but he who sent me uh, to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending, look at this, and remaining on him, this is he who baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. So John came with a revelation baptizing out in the wilderness. I do believe there's coming a larger revolution. It's already here on the earth. And how many knows John moved in the spirit of Elijah? And God told John, you're going to know who the Son of God is because when this man, you're going to see the Spirit of God come upon him and when it comes upon him, it's going to remain upon him. How many knows that at this time, the Spirit of God was not in man, but he would move upon man for assignments. He would come upon Gideon. He'd come upon Samson. He'd come upon Elijah. He'd come upon Elisha. And if you will, I'm going to show you in Genesis chapter 8, because we're going to go back there, when Noah releases a dove out of the ark, the last time he released a dove, the dove didn't come back to him. It was circling, I feel the Holy Ghost. It was circling throughout the ages of eternity, waiting to find the man whom he could rest on. And when, he, and when, the, when the Holy Spirit came upon this man, it just didn't come upon him. It set on him. And it stayed upon him. Can I tell you this morning, this morning, the Spirit of God don't just come upon you, He's in you. We, 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 when I grew up in a Pentecostal church, we used to think that the Spirit of God would come down on us. He ain't coming down on us, He's coming out of you. He's in you. Paul said, no, you're not, that you, are tr you have this treasure in earthen vessels. It's coming out of me. Now, sometimes we, we know that God is everywhere, and I appreciate that, but that ain't what I'm after. I want the manifesto the manifested presence of God to manifest. And that's what God wants to manifest around us. These people walking, carrying His presence. Now notice this, that the Holy Spirit in this text, and we can see it throughout the Old Testament metaphorically, and then we go into the New Testament, we can see where the Holy Spirit is representative or pictured as a dove. I wonder how we would walk if we realized we were walking with a dove. Has anybody ever hunted up in this room? If you ever go to a dove shoot and you got that red shirt on or orange shirt, I'm going to get on the opposite side of the field because you ain't going to kill nothing. Because when a dove flies in that field, how many knows this? If you've ever seen a dove, the slightest movement will make him fly. Come on, stay with me. I'm going somewhere. The slightest movement will make him fly. But one thing about a pigeon, a pigeon ain't scared of much. You can throw things at pigeons, pigeons stay there. A lot of people, the relationship they have with God is they have a pigeon relationship and not a dove relationship. I'm going somewhere. Y'all with me? So Jesus was aware of this dove on his life. The Spirit came on him like a dove and it said, He. See, the Holy Ghost is not a it. When He, John 16, when He, the Spirit of truth comes, He, it is a person, it is an individual. He's real. See, <laughs> Yahweh, God for us. 
Emmanuel, Jesus, God with us. Holy Ghost, God in you. I can't get nobody to believe that. That's why when we walk the in, when we see the impossibility, we should always see it possible because God in us. Come on, somebody. When I look at cancer, I shouldn't wilt because God is in me. Come on, somebody. When I see addiction, I shouldn't wilt and back up because God is in me. And the dove is resting on Jesus. And so he's aware of this dove. After the dove came upon him, it was visible. They heard, a, they heard a sound from heaven. God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. John said, this is the testimony we have and it's true. We saw that dove come down on this man. And when that dove lit on him, it remained on him. It didn't get up and fly away. So he's living in God conscious. Listen, the church is in too much sin conscious. And not God conscious. See, religion counts your mistakes. God ain't counting your mistakes, holding your sins against you. Come on, somebody. That's a, that's a Christmas present right there. Huh? I'm not thinking, I mean, I don't just praise God for the things that He forgave me of back yonder. Come on, somebody. I'm praising Him because of stuff He forgave me from back last week. Ain't got nobody in here saying, My God, the preacher just said He's sinning. We need to leave. So he's, listen, a dove, it don't take much to make them fly. Now, praise God, the state of Georgia let us hunt by pouring corn out, okay? I have to be honest, it didn't change nothing the way we do it on our farm. <laughs> it just made it legal, you know what I'm saying? Forgive me, Jesus. I did bait them. I ain't going to tell you no. I mean, if you hunt with a bow, it's hard enough to kill an animal with a bow, you know what I'm saying? You need a little something, something to get them there. And so that's how I'd do it. And I'd shoot them over and say, thank you, Lord. <laughs> and so with that corn, when you pull it out, granted, I tell you, because one place we got is a long road that we got, and we got corn slung all the way down that road. What a deer come in there, you know, to get him a, you know, what I like to say, eating corn pops for breakfast. And we pop him, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, but those dove will come. And they'll land on that corn. And the least little movement in the bushes will make them fly. It'll make them get up. Now what I want to show you is in Mark chapter 5, Jesus is on a journey to go to Jairus' house. How many knows that? Jairus has got a daughter that's 12 years of age. Listen to me. She's sick. And they go get Jesus to say, can you come to my house to touch her. Jesus did not raise this child from the dead because he told them she wasn't dead. He says she's just sleeping. There's a lot of things. Listen, this child is a picture of the church. The church is not dead. She's just sleeping. Come on, somebody. How many believe she's been asleep for the past little bit here in America? Huh? We were sleeping when one woman took prayer out of school and said that'll never happen. Come on, somebody. Listen to me. This whole thing with... with um, with the Robertsons, with uh, Duck Dynasty, we like to watch, and how they're raising up against Phil. I put out this right here. Somebody emailed me, and I emailed me back. I said, it's amazing how 3% of America's population is ruling the other 97%. If the church would just stand up, we'd cause an earthquake to happen in the earth. Come on, somebody. They don't want nothing on national television where a man's going to pray over his meal and tell them thank thankful to Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. They don't want that. But they don't mind. Listen. 
boy, I got he's a big I, I can't I can't chase that trail today. But that's that, I'm telling you, that spirit is taken over violently. And the Bible tells me in Matthew 11 and 12, does it not? It says the kingdom of heaven suffer violent, but the violent take it by force. Listen, you don't get healed because you just sit back and say, Lord, will you touch me? That ain't how Bartimaeus did. Bartimaeus pushed through the crowd. He was loud. Come on. He was offending all the disciples there. And people said, shut up, Bartimaeus. Would you be quiet? And one blind man saw more than the rest of them, somebody. When he heard Jesus was coming, he stood up and laid his beggar coat down because he said, I ain't going back to that lifestyle no more. I ain't going to have to beg. Listen. And when he said, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Nobody else was calling Jesus son of David, but he knew when the Messiah came. Come on, somebody. He would come from the branch in the shoot of, of Jesse, David. Come on, somebody. And he said, thou son of David. What he was saying is, son of God, have mercy on me. And Jesus touched him and healed him. Now, Jesus is aware of this dove and he's on the way to Jairus' house. And he gets to the city square and there's a woman and this woman also has an issue of 12 years, bleeding. She doesn't spend all she had. She couldn't stop the bleeding. And so she says within herself, I ain't got time to talk to you about that, but that's a whole other message right there. The average person, I forget the exact statistic, but I got it written down. Here's so much self-talk a day. And 95% of your self-talk is negative. But she said within herself, self was talking to self, if I can but touch the hem of his garment. What would happen in here if you were saying that before you left, if I can but get to church this morning? I know whatever's going on, this devil that's been in my house all week, he's fit to leave if I can just but get in the presence of God with those people. So Jesus is walking. You got to understand, many people is, is, is around him. And I've been in I've been in middle Middle Eastern countries, and I remember taking a picture down the street, and I'm telling you, it looked like you were walking out at a Braves game or something, and and it was just I mean, there's just people everywhere. But I know there probably weren't that many people in Jesus' day, but in nevertheless, there's a large crowd of people because the Bible says in Mark five, there's a crowd of people, and they're hollering Jesus. The Bible says they're thronging him. They're thronging him. Is what it says. And he's walking with his 12 disciples. But listen, Jesus is aware of what? He's aware of the disciples, but he's more aware of the dove. I'm trying to get you to see something. He's aware of the disciples. He's aware of the crowd. But most of all, he's aware of the dove. Listen to me. That which you are most aware of is what you release. That which you are most aware of is that is which you will release. Whatever overshadows you the most, see, the shadow has no substance within itself. The shadow is just simply releasing what is there. And so if fear and anxiety has you overshadowed, that's what you're releasing on your job site. Good teaching right here. So he's in this crowd, and look now, they're thronging him. And he's walking, and he's got on his mind, I'm going to Jairus' house. 
And I'm going to demonstrate the kingdom of God when I get to Jairus' house. But now here's a lady with an issue of blood that says within herself, if I can but touch the hem of the garment. All of this is going on. People's hollering, hey, there's Jesus. Look at his entourage. They're screaming, hollering. And all of a sudden, this lady pushes into this crowd and she grabs hold of the hem of his garment, the fringe. <laughs> Why does she grab him there? Because Malachi said when the Messiah come, he will what? come with healing in his wings. That word wings means fringe, the hem. When she reached through, she grabbed the wing of the garment. He's coming with healing in his wings. And when Jesus noticed in the crowd, and I feel the Spirit of God up in this place, and everybody around him, the one thing that he noticed the most was the dove because when she touched him, he said he felt the dove shift on his life. When he's walking, all of a sudden he stops and he says, Who touched me? Peter said, Lord, there's 30 people right here just in this inner circle. We don't know how many was there. Lord, there's people everywhere. Everybody's hollering your name. He said, no, somebody felt, somebody touched me. I felt faith and power leave my body. I felt the dove shift on my body. And I'm concerned about the dove. Where did the dove go? And he looked at the woman and the woman said, Lord. And he said, woman, thy faith has made thee whole. Did he not say that? You got a little time? Let's get a little deeper. In John chapter 14. Verse 17, can you flip right here with me? If you want to read a good book, I haven't read it in years. It's been a long time, about 15 years. But R.T. Kendall wrote a book called The Sensitivity of the Spirit. He talks about the dove. Man, these people need to uh, help me set a book. <laughs> Listen to this. Listen to this in verse 17 of John 14. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor, nor knows Him. But you know Him, for He dwells, what? With you. <laughs> and what will be what? In you. D did you see what we just read here? Jesus is teaching His disciples. He said, the world cannot receive the Spirit of truth, but you can receive Him. For He is what? With you. But there's coming a time where He's not just going to be with you, He's going to be in you. But at this moment, He's not in you, He's with you. Let's go right on right here. Just flip right over to, uh, flip right back to the book of Luke. I want to show you something right here. Then we're going to speed up. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them, what, two by two before His face into every city and place where what He Himself was, what, about to go. Then He said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the labors are few. Therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into His harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among what wolves. 
Man, how many like to be sitting here? Jesus said, I'm sending you out like a lamb in the midst of wolves. Carry neither what money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. But whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will what? Return to you. Now Jesus has his men. And what you've got to understand is, they're seeing the Holy Spirit at work. They're noticing him. If they didn't notice him, why when Jesus asked them whatever they want, I think it's in Luke chapter 11, when they asked this question, and the only thing they asked him is, Lord, when he said, teach us, they said, teach us to pray. They must have knew something was attached to his prayer life. Huh? They said, Lord, teach us to pray because something's got to be attached to your prayer life because nobody's doing this stuff right here. Now, we've seen some powerful dudes, but there ain't nobody doing this. There ain't nobody. Jesus ruined every funeral he ever attended, including his own. I mean, they're getting ready to bear. I mean, they think they got him buried. They're ready to collect the check. You know what I'm saying? And they can't collect the check because he ain't in the grave no more. He's out walking. Come on, somebody. Huh? Huh? And it was such a powerful resurrection that he only, he didn't himself only get up. Others got up and started walking around the city. Moses was out the tomb walking. Man, they done got a Walmart. Can you believe this? Now think about it. If you're going to send your men out, notice he's sending them into their hometown. I don't recommend preaching in your hometown. But it's your starting ground. Huh? That's your starting ground. Because in your hometown, you ain't going to have no honor. Huh? Now Jesus was, Jesus was a bad dude. And he had the stuff. But when he got to his hometown, they said, it's not this Jesus. Man, we played baseball with him. Come on now. It's not his brothers and sisters here. Look at the book of Mark. Mark starts his gospel off straight with the demonstration of power. And then we get in the seventh chapter of the book of Mark. And then we see that Jesus, that's when he says, a prophet's not without honor except in his home country. Home country. And, and then he talks about that... Uh, the traditions of men cause the gospel to be of no effect. Now he sends them out into their hometown and he don't give them no money. He don't make no hotel reservations for them. He don't give them, he don't give them no microphone. He don't give them nothing. And he said, greet nobody along the road. Now, first of all, let me tell you why I did that. First of all, so their dependence wouldn't be on what they had. When I remember when I went to uh, uh, on my first mission trip to India, when we finally got off the plane and got outside of Bombay and got on this other little plane. Little plane. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the lady got out to roll the cart to feed us. We went in there, you know what I'm saying? And I mean, all she could have did was just throw it to us. You know what I'm saying? That's how little it was. And we got off over there, and I got into a place. 
I mean, that's, I mean, it was just rough. That's all I can say. I don't, man, it was rough. But I met a guy over there. I called him Papa Smurf. He looked just like Papa Smurf. Little Indian man, big gray beard. But I can tell you this. One night when we was preaching, they were stoning people up the road, stoning them. And the government come in there, and they had guns like we used in World War II, and I guess they thought they was on the cutting edge, you know. But the government come in there, and they said, all these American preachers got to go now. Get them off this property. They stoning them up the road, and we, can't, we ain't going to be here, you know, if they get killed tonight or whatever. Mr. Matthews grabbed that microphone, and his message was a whole lot different than our message was. He stood up that microphone with that thing, and he said, whoever won't die for Jesus right now, depart from this tent, but I'll die for him right now. I mean, he began to challenge that, that whole deal. And, and so I, I began to talk to him about his, he's got a team of evangelists. And I said, well, I said, well, Mr. Matt, what, what do you do? How, how do you, how do you release them out? He said, I tell you what I do. I give them a gift. And the gift that I try to give them is he'll give them two gifts. One, he starts them out with a bicycle. And the second one is a motor scooter. But he said, I, I give them just enough to eat maybe during the day, and that's it. Don't draw no check. They ain't doing nothing. He said, because if I give them everything they need, they're going to look to me for their provision instead of looking to God. But he said, if one of them told me, he said, you know what? He said, I preached in this village for two weeks, and God made the witch doctor cook my food every day. Huh? Come on, I don't believe that. Well, he took a prophet, come on, and he had him by a brook, and he commanded a raven, which is an unclean bird, to fly by Jezebel. That's the only place that could afford meat. Come on, somebody. And he flew by Jezebel's house, snatched it off King Ahab's plate, and brought it right to his prophet down by the brook. So Jesus sends them out two by two. Number one, they're going to realize they got to have one another. He said, nobody out on the lawn. There ain't nobody the long ranger. Come on, somebody. That's how the devil will kill you if you get by yourself. But if you got two of you, come on, somebody. See, that's why in Acts 16, that's when the devil messed up when he put Paul and Silas together. If he hadn't put them together, nothing would have happened. But when two are together and they agree, come on, somebody, they started singing praises and started agreeing how good God was. Something happened inside that prison and it set everybody free. So he sent them out together. And then he said, I'm going to send you to a hostile situation. You're going, to be like, you're going to be like lambs in the midst of wolves. But one thing you're going to learn to do is, is you're going to learn to depend on Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit is going to give you everything you need. You're just going to have to learn how to trust the Holy Spirit. Let's read on a little bit. You okay? We got the food back there, so it ain't going nowhere. If we see them start toting it out, we'll shut it down, okay? Go with me right here to the book of Genesis, the 8th chapter. I want to show you an Old Testament example of what I'm talking about this morning. I'm talking about releasing giving presents, releasing the dove, 
what they used to always ask me to title my CDs over there what I was preaching. I said, somebody pray for interpretation. I'm preaching. I said, you know, <laughs> I got one message. It's just long. Let's look at Genesis 8, verse 6. So it came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. Let me just say this. I can't tell you how many pictures I've seen of Noah's ark. Noah's ark with three windows. It had one window in it. Come on, somebody. And it had three levels. Come on, y'all. Anybody read? I know y'all read the Bible. Come on now. It had three levels. The ark was a perfect picture of Jesus. The reason why it had one door on the side and one window because there's one way into heaven. Come on, somebody. And it had three levels. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Come on, somebody. And the window was not located on the side. The window was located in the top of the ark because God never wanted Noah looking out the side getting an earthly view. He wanted him to have a heavenly view. Hmm. <laughs> I feel the Lord up in this place. God wanted Noah to have a heavenly view. So you get your view from out the top, Noah. Don't get out, don't get the view from looking out the side. Get your view from looking out the top. Now listen to this. Then he sent out a raven which kept going to and fro until the waters had dried up from the earth. Now look at the wording here. I'm in the New King James. Then he also sent out from what? From himself a dove to see if the waters had receded from the face of the ground. But the dove found no resting place. What? For the sole of what? Her foot. And she returned to the ark. Where? To him. For the waters were on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took her and drew her into the ark to himself. Gosh, this is good. And he waited yet another seven days, and again he sent the dove out from the ark. Then the dove came to him in the evening, and behold, a freshly plucked olive leaf was in her mouth, and Noah knew that the waters had receded from the earth. So he waited yet another seven days and sent out the dove, which did not return again to him anymore. Now Jesus told him, in Luke 10, when you get to a house, release something. Did he not just say it? Did we not read it, Brother Dan? He said, release something. Release peace. Now, a lot of people think peace is the absence of war, the absence of turmoil, no financial problems, and we finally in peace. That's not peace. Peace is a person, friend. And the God of what? Peace shall what? Crush Satan underneath your feet. Huh? Peace is an individual. So what Jesus is telling them, Holy Spirit, go out from them. Release peace. These people looking at me, Callan, Newgate. Help me out, Keith. <laughs> I ain't talking about no Eastern religion. Just stay with me, okay? Holy Spirit, I'm releasing peace in this room. Let me tell you what happens when I do that. It's a double-edged sword that I'm pulling out when I pull out peace out. On one side of that sword brings healing to the believer, those that will receive it. 
But to the unbeliever, those that won't, don't want it, it's crushing something underneath there. That's the other side of the sword. It's killing everything in the room that's ungodly. I feel the Holy Ghost come on me right there. It's, it's crushing addiction, disease, and everything else that's against my family. But it's releasing peace that's going to build my family up. That's what it's doing. Now, out of all the animals in the ark, it is obvious that Noah had a relationship with the dove more than any other dove, more than any other animal. Because he brings it and he releases it, what? From himself. She goes out. She's circling. She can't find nobody to set on. So she comes back to him. See, God's got people at Walmart He wants to come out of you and deposit on. He's got somebody at the gas station He wants to come out of you and deposit on. But we hold this treasure in earthen vessels and a bunch of it has got it covered up. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light on a hill. You are the city set on a hill. Don't hide your light under a bushel. No, come on. Take it out and let it glow. Let's go. We ain't going to win this city by going out to the trailer parks and the projects handing out tracks. They done had that. Or the country club. How we going to get it is changing lives one at a time. My God, I run into Larry down at the gas station. Don't you know I had the flu, Tamiflu wasn't working, but he reached across there while he was pumping gas and said, be healed in Jesus' name. That boy got something because when I got home, I didn't have the flu no more. It don't take about 10 stories like that and this place is full. And God is done with the day of raising up the great preacher like Oral Robertson. Huh? It ain't gonna be, it ain't gonna be no Oral Roberts. It's gonna be that mantle over a whole group of people. It ain't no more about the one-man preaching show. Come on, so my God's done with that. It's the day of the saints. God wants His body moving, activated in the earth, doing the miracles. Do what I do. He couldn't find no place. She didn't find nothing to rest on. So she flew right back and went back to Him. He took her unto Himself. Waited yet another seven days. I love the wording that she's female because the first four chapters of Proverbs has to do with wisdom and he calls her a female. Somebody said, well, brother, God's neither female nor male. Come on, somebody. He both. Huh? Because when he created Adam in his likeness, in his image, Adam was both male and female at the same time. So I said, well, Eve didn't hear God say don't eat fruit. Yes, she did hear it because when Adam stood there, she heard it because she was inside of him. And God caused a deep sleep and pulled Eve clean out of Adam. Come on, somebody. We got to get off that. So this time, he releases the dove out from himself and she goes out and she finds something to rest on. She brings it back. You follow me? Then the last time he releases her out of that ark, she goes and she never returns back until she finds Jesus in that river Jordan. Now I'm almost done. 
right here. I want to tell you a story. So, oh Lord, he got stories. <laughs> I got a stories, okay? And after we've been together for a while, it'd be like apostle. I've heard his I've heard every story he's got 95 times, every which a different way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I listen to him, amen. Listen, the Holy Spirit is in me for my sake. You've heard me say this, but he is upon me for yours. When you feel the Lord come upon you, that is a clear sign you've got to start scanning the horizon. Are you with me? If you're pumping gas and the Spirit of God manifests itself on you, He is not there to show you, hey, you're fixing to get 10 cent off this gallon of gas. There's somebody right there that he, that, that is the dove saying, hey, I'm ready to fly. You getting what I'm, come on, somebody understand what I'm saying? That's the dove telling you I'm ready to fly. Release me. Release me, John. Release me. Release me. I'm going to come back. Release me. But you got to be aware of what's there. Now listen to this. The Bible says in Ephesians 3.20 that God will do exceedingly how many's heard this? Abundantly above what? All that what? You ask think or imagine. That's when you put on the dash of your truck. All that you ask is your prayer life on your bed. Is your prayer life on your bed. I'll do more than that. All that you think or imagine, that's your greatest dreams. But notice what he said. Listen to me. He didn't leave it at that. But he said, accordingly. Huh? I heard a lot of people, God will do exceedingly above all that I ask, think, or imagine. He's just going to do it. You know, Jesus Jesus said He'd do exceedingly abundantly my life. But He said accordingly. So when He said accordingly, he, 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 he signed His part of the agreement. But there was another contract for you to sign your name to. According to what? The power, what? That works where? In me. Everything's according to how much of the dove that I allow in my life. Somebody say, well, preacher, the dove don't hardly leave my life. That's because the dove ain't went down in your life. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost up in here. See, the, to the, the distance she'll fly is the distance you allow her to go in. According to the power that works within me, that's why my prayer is, God, please help my stupid self. God, please show me anything in my life that's not right. Because God, I want an, I want the dove. I want the dove more than everything. Come on, somebody. Does anybody? I find myself in crazy situations, but the deep heart of my prayer is, God, I want the dove more than anything. I want the dove in this church more than I want good musicians, more than I want people, more than I want big ties. I want the dove in this place. That's what I'm after, the dove, friend. Come on, somebody. I don't want a pigeon. I want the dove. And Jesus said, according to the power that works in me. 
Come on, let's just be honest here. Let's get old school holiness. If you knew you were walking with the dove, you wouldn't walk in some of the place you're walking in. Huh? The dove don't like filth. Come on, somebody. The dove's nervous. He likes peace. He likes walking easy. One of the reasons why we ain't got no power in the church because we ain't got no purity in the church. I'm about wanting, I'm about wanting, I seen, I just seen some things fly up right there. I know we're eating today, but listen to me. Listen to me. I want to say, I, I come from, you got to understand, I've been preaching the gospel since I was 18 years old. So I come up with, with, um, I mean, I wasn't married at 18. I'm going to just jump out here on limb, okay? I'm going to jump out here on limb a minute. And we talk about this thing, purity. See, the dove, he, he, he likes purity. That's what intimacy God with all, is all about. Into me see. When you have a marriage, how many knows that's the hardest part to get is intimacy? Especially for men. She's like, well, you just don't talk to me. Well, I done, I've been talking to you. I told you it's going to rain tomorrow. We got ball practice tomorrow evening. What we going to eat tonight? How many knows that ain't talking? See, in our world, that's talking. We talk to you. I just want to know. I just I want to know what's going on in the deep part of you. Woman, if I told you that, you'd be gone. You'd be scared. Ain't a lot of stuff happening in the deep part. Deep is crying out in the deep. Let me tell you two stories. I'm done. tell you a parable of a ring story I can't man I, I didn't know I was going to do this but the Lord brought this to my attention this morning okay and, and I haven't read this in a long time so I'm probably sure I'm going to mess it up but I'm going to tell you the short version there's a young man it's in the summer of the 60's okay end of the 60's he's walking to school one morning he goes by it's his freshman year starting of his freshman year he goes by this jewelry store and something catches his eye inside this jewelry store, and it's a ring. And it's an engagement ring. And he goes in there finally after a couple of weeks, and he gets the nerve to walk in there to look at this ring. And he asked, could he see the ring? And the jeweler told him, he says, son, you can look at it through that case right here. And he told him how much the ring was or whatever. But when he finally let him hold the ring and he peered inside that ring, he saw a woman inside that ring. And it was a best, one of the beautifulest woman he'd ever seen when he saw inside that ring. And then his mind can just, he, he had to have that ring, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And so he worked out a deal with the jewelry store owner and he agreed to play no sports in high school. And he agreed to spend all his time working and he would make payments and he would leave the ring with them until he paid that ring off in full. At the end of his 12th grade year, right after graduation, right before graduation, he made the last payment on that ring. 
And just as he made the last payment on the ring, he got the ring, and it was a, a couple of weeks. Uncle Sam sent a letter to his house because Vietnam was going on, and he was drafted into the military. Afraid to leave the ring at home, he takes the ring with him. He hides it in a sock. One night, boot camp, drill sergeant comes in, slings the sock, and the ring comes out. He finally gets the ring back, and he realizes, i got to have another place to hide this ring. So he works all night one night, scratching in his helmet, carving in his helmet, and finally digs enough out that this ring will be placed inside of the helmet. And as he places the ring inside this helmet, he places tape over the helmet, and he seals the ring up in, in, into his helmet. One day out on the battlefield, they run into some problems, and he gets wounded. And his dying request was, please get the helmet. And so they get the helmet with, and, and put that with him. He's transported whatever, and you know, just to go through the story quicker, he, he's, he's recovering in a hospital. When he wakes up, comes out of his deal, he wants to know where the helmet is. They have the helmet for him. And while he's, I believe he's in France in this hospital, there's a lady leaning over him, and it's the lady that he saw when he was in the ninth grade. She's his nurse taking care of him. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost because I know where I'm going. Or oh, that's a strong, y'all got a stronger air conditioner over here. And so he sees this woman. Time develops. They develop a relationship. He asked her to marry him. And on their wedding day, Johnny takes that ring and he slips it on her finger. And throughout they go on a honeymoon. Her parents are mega wealthy. They send them to this island. They're out there playing in the water and the ring comes off her finger. And they can't find it. And she told him, she said, don't worry. She said, my mom and dad will buy us another ring just like that. And he said, you can't get that ring. Because that ring, no one can afford that ring. I've paid a price for it. Friend, I'm not talking to you about rings. But let me tell you this. Why does God take a 16-year-old boy and light an ignition to his hormones. Huh? Come on, y'all, we got to preach this now. Come on now. Huh? Why does he do that and light it to his hormones? You know what he's doing? He's giving you opportunity to take care of the ring. And he gives us all opportunity. That's why worship costs you something. That's why when we lift holy hands up in worship, we can lift them up and say, God, they cost me something because I kept myself. It's awful quiet up in this church this morning. When I lift my hands, God, they holy hands I've lifted unto you. Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart who has not lifted up his soul unto an idol. So what's God's will? It's for every young person, and we ain't got too many in here. But you keep the ring. You follow me? Purity, 
presence. Does everybody in this room got something they got to work on? Yes, sir. But we're going to allow the dove to go in us and go deep in us. Are you with me? Friends, there's just things that's ripping our hearts out in the church. Through media, I, I can't get on all that. I, I'm, I'm dropping that. I'm finishing this story up right here with you. Tell you what I'm talking about this right now. I was about 20 years old, and I was coming back from Douglas, Georgia. I had been out with some friends, or, um, and we were we were on the way back. Well, I had some friends of mine that were having a fish fry, and I said, "You know what? We'll pull it there to their house." It was me and another guy, and I said, uh, we, "We'll pull up to their house and see what you know they cook and fish." So we got out at their house. It was late for whatever they were cooking fish this late at night. I can't remember. It was it was like eleven o'clock. You know what I'm saying? But when you when you when you're 20 years old, you understand what I'm saying? You, you're trying to work with God. You know what I'm saying? See, we ain't uptown. You know what I'm saying? So we're cooking fish. Don't need to be by no women. We're cooking fish. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I did tell the Lord. I, I told the Lord, I said, God, I ain't dating nobody else. I said, I want you to show me who my wife is. I started reading the book, The Lady, Her Lover, and Her Lord by T.D. Jakes. Had it in there laying on my bedside. I'm thinking, Lord, please don't let Daddy think I'm gay reading this book. Because I, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I read that book for two weeks. I went right after that. That's when I saw Catherine. I knew she was my wife. But so we we cook and fish, and we get out, and everybody is everybody is revival hungry at this fish fry. Okay, I mean these ain't no these ain't no Sunday Christians. I mean these is real deal boys right here. You know what I'm saying? I mean we done seen some stuff. I've seen some stuff. Just tell you one of them, this is a testimony. If you remember Lumber City, how many know where Lumber City, Georgia is? They was a pick, this was about, this was, um, let's see, I'm 34. So, uh, yeah, I'm bald-headed in 34. My hair left me, you know. And um, But I was about, I had to be around 20 or 21. There was a face of Jesus appearing on the wall in Lumber City, Georgia, at this house. It had done made WTOC News, which is out of Savannah. And they had people showing up, signing log books and all that had come to see Jesus on the side of the wall. Well, I went there. There was people out there with a the Budweiser in their hand and, and sitting out there talking about, there he is, that's Jesus on the side of the wall. I thought I was going to throw up before I got off the property. Well, so we went back. We went back to Nichols, Georgia, to my buddy's house. And we all started praying. And the Spirit of the Lord came on me, and this is what he said. He said, you know my face because you seek my face. In that day, they'll say, there I am, but there I will not be. God said, curse that tree. There was a china berry tree, that the, and it was the image of Jesus appearing on this house through the light or whatever, moonlight. Um, it was appearing, and, and I guess somebody just noted, but you could see the crown of thorns. Let me tell you something. Jesus ain't wearing the crown of thorns this morning. That, that image is outdated of him. Come on. He ain't wearing the crown of thorns. Come on, somebody. He's wearing a crown. Come on, somebody. And when he comes back, he ain't riding on no donkey. Come on, somebody. He'll be on a white stallion. Come on, somebody. And God said, curse that tree just like I cursed the fig tree. Three boys gathered together 
in Nichols, Georgia, praying, and the power of God was moving so strong in this house when we was praying. I promise you, I can give you the number. You can call the other two. Our clothes was blowing like a wind was blowing clean through the house. We cursed that tree to the very root. I never heard a day forward that Jesus appeared on that wall over there. They probably had to write an insurance policy because a tree fell down on the house or something. I don't know, but that thing was coming down. I'm talking about being aware of the dove. We fixing to eat. You ready to eat? Right here, I got to tell you this last story. We cooking fish. We got out, we cutting up, cooking fish. All of a sudden, the power of God comes on me. I don't know why he did it with me. You know what I'm saying? It's my story, so I'm just going to say it for I, I, I felt the power of God stand my hair up at a fish fry. We underneath the shelter. Nothing spiritual going on. The power of God stands my hair up. And I had this deep sense that we must pray right now. This wasn't playing. And have you ever, you know what I'm saying, you get people to pray for you, you like grab hands, be like, you know, mm, mm. She la da 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 ba Lord, touch it right now. When we grabbed hands, it was electricity. Bam! Hit every hand. I'm talking about, man, I, I mean, we was off and, I mean, it was just like, I mean, the power of God shaking every hand. Well, as we're praying, the power of God's moving us. And then all of a sudden, if you've ever been to Nichols, Nichols is a little bitty town. I hear this like, sound like just a car just stomped the gas pedal. Clean jumped the railroad tracks. They pulled up in the yard right behind us. And a man told, and the man went up there and kicked down the door and shot four times into that house and took off. Well, we had one guy with us that he lived out and he had just gotten saved. Pesky. I mean, he had been, boy, he had been down some roads in his life. He's out there laying in the yard, crawling on his belly. Jesus! Jesus! You know, <laughs> and I took him back. So we called, the, we called the law, and Nichols is a little bitty town. It's so small, so when we called the law, we told the law, they've been shooting at little babe's house, getting at little babe's house right now. <laughs> you know, so we got there. Cops come up there. After everything was over, there was a man walked in the backyard. And he walked outside. And a little girl was with him. They didn't know we were standing there. They didn't know nothing. Because when all the shooting started, we cut the lights off on the building. Everything. We were standing right there. These three men can testify what I'm telling you is dead accurate. That little girl said, Daddy, I saw Jesus walking in this house tonight. What do you think released Jesus to walk in that house tonight? The dove was saying to me when I feel God right here. You know what the dove said to me when I got out that fish fry? Son, I got to fly right now. I got to fly right now. You got to grab somebody's hand because I got to fly. I got to protect the child right here. There was no shot that was fired hit that child nor any other child nor that man in that house. And they caught that guy that tried to shoot them within five minutes. That's the dove being released. How many knows? I want you to know this. God wants to use you to release that dove. Do you believe it? Stand to your feet. I feel like I'm trying to overconvince you. Some people's like, man, we don't know you like that yet. Just hold on. What released the dove into that place was when we prayed. We released the groundwork for Jesus to go stand in that room. 
There's been many times, and you don't got to say profound things. Sometimes the Barney prophecy works. You know what that? The Lord loves you. Huh? I remember walking outside of a restaurant one night, and Catherine knows this. I, I, I do preach long-winded behind the pulpit, but if you see me outside the pulpit, I got to really know you to carry on conversation. That's just, and she, she's like, every time we go through a drive-thru, I just want to handle my car and get my food. You know what I'm saying? And she's like, my God, I can't believe you didn't carry on conversation. <laughs> I'm like, it's a drive-thru. They want, they ready for me to get out of the way to hit the next car. So it was coming out of a restaurant. There was a girl standing there, sitting there at a table. It was a waitress. I heard the Lord whisper to me and say, Son, tell her how much I love her. See, the dove was ready to fly. I was aware of that dove. And I kept on walking. I got halfway to the truck, and the Lord says, Son, tell her how much I love her. I, I, I'm, I'm just taking, now this was, wait, this was years ago now, okay? Now this didn't last week. I've grown a little bit. I got in the truck, and I'm telling you, I felt the Lord come on me like, I'm going to die if I don't get out and tell this woman. I stopped that truck and I got out and I said, ma'am, I said, I don't know you. But I said, I just want to tell you a message. I said, I'm going to tell you that God said He is wild about you. And that Jesus wants you to know He, he knows right where you're at. He is a present help in a time of need. And He is wild about you. That's how much He loves you. And that woman was broke, squalling right there, throwed her hands up. I didn't have to lead that woman in no sinner's prayer. All she needed to know is God knew where she was at. God wants to dove the fly. He wants to use you. You are His hands and feet in this community. How is... I used to read these statements in the Bible. The knowledge of the glory of God is going to cover the earth as the water covers the sea. And I used to think one day we're going to get up and the glory of God is going to be all over the TV. It's just going to be revealed. Friend, that's not going, that is not the way it's going to happen. The knowledge of God's glory is going to happen through believers' lives manifesting His glory in the earth. That's why Paul, when he went to the church at Corinth, you can find it when he went to Mars Hill, there was all the philosophers of his day. And he got into this, philosoph this philosophical teaching and he realized it didn't do nothing. That's why I went to Corinth. He said, I don't come with enticing words of man's wisdom or speech, but I came in a demonstration of the power of the Spirit. I'm going to demonstrate what I believe. Raise your hands. I'm gonna, we're going to bless you. Let me just ask you this, because I don't want to be quick to close it out, and I do that sometimes. Um, how many needs God to touch, uh, touch you right now? Raise your hand. Can we just do this? Listen, there ain't nothing special about me. You, you understand what I'm saying? The person next to you got God in them. You believe that? You believe the doves in their life? Touch somebody's shoulder. Right, raise your hands up because we're going to have somebody to touch you on the shoulder. And we're going to pray right now as a body, okay? So, Father, right now we just pray from hand to hand as a body of believers in this room. Father, we pray that you would transfer healing. We just release the dove. 
We release that that which you've given us, God. We say, silver and gold, I have I none, but what I do have, I give unto thee in the name of Jesus. We speak healing right now into everybody. We speak strength right now into everybody. We speak we speak uh, health and prosperity into every life right now in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, God, we declare that we are ready to be used to release the dove into this city. Come on, pray that prayer. Say, God, use me this week. God, I'm going to pay attention to the dove that's in my life, and I'm going to release him wherever you say release him at in Jesus' name. God, use me to prophesy over the lost and hurting, God. Use me to speak encouraging words on my job, God. Use me to heal the sick, God, when I'm out in this community. I declare that I am armed and ready to be a disciple of Jesus. Jesus. Come on, somebody. Declare that. Are you armed and dangerous? Come on, somebody. I'm armed and ready to manifest the kingdom of God. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise.